They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. But bye, 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 bye. But bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave the town. Bye 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 Booming out across the house because she's she'll have woken up at, at this moment to the sounds of Pato Banton and she will not be happy. <laughs> oh, which song would she? Do you think she'd want to be woken up to then? It's dead. Oh my god, she's not a morning person. <laughs> if I if I if I'm honest, I don't think that it's not. I don't think any song will be the right song for her to wake up to. The, probably the only thing that she, I think, she would be happy to be woken up to, if she was going to be happy to woke up to it, would be an Oasis song of some kind. Maybe something a little bit more gentle. Um, they're quite depressing. Not really head level, but they're all, they're, well, they're not really. You know, there's not really a, ever a happy Oasis song. It, well, it's, it's either there's either one that's slightly melancholy, which is normally sung by Noel, or there's one that's just basically shouted which is by liam yeah and, and those are the kind of the two levels of uh, of oasis songs that there are available um i do it, let's I try it I, let's try it no oh, sally come on shout it out jd no oh, oh my name is now it is <laughs> i take because normally there's some kind of noise in the background <laughs> I think, but, um, do you know what? I think I, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure it's the singing. I think it's the laughing. I think she, you know, you know, when you hear other people laugh, like when you go to the pub or something and you're having a good time, but there's other people that are laughing more and you're, and for some reason you're like, oh, I don't like the fact that they're laughing because they seem to be having a better time than I am. And then after a while it gets really never, great. It's never happened to me, my friends. Never happened. <laughs> I'm always that guy. <laughs> well that's why that's why it's always worth being that guy it's always worth being that guy because i'm just cackling by myself in the corner <laughs> <laughs> but what, what's what's been happening on your side this uh this this 10 days or so we've missed the end of the olympics and then we have recorded the a week later well mm. do you know what it's inter it's interesting because um the there's, there is only kind of one thing I want to talk to you about the Olympics, um, and it's related to something that we um, that uh, is it, it funny? We were talking about all the equestrian um, things. We talk about rowing, and just think if if rowing had got their act together, we'd have actually done much better in the medals table. Um, we've done we've done yeah. it brilliantly, especially against the cheats as well. I always think on the medal table, I'm like, we're never going to beat China in America. But I always no. think that if we beat Australia, we're doing well. Like, I feel like we have to beat Australia, uh, if anything. Um, Russia doesn't I'd say, count. I'd say beating Germany is a good one. Oh, we, they're, beat they're Germany by, we beat Germany by miles just in the equestrian, don't we? Although, so did you see the, talk about the equestrian, did you see the pe modern pentathlon? Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Because are you talking what about of, the... What a crock of shit. What do you mean, what a crock of shit? Well, what, what's, what, what's your view on, on what's happened? Because I think as, as, athlete, as sports go, to have a sport where you are assigned an instant loss is uh, <laughs> it's pretty harsh. Here's a random draw. Oh, you've just lost this round and the whole competition. Yes, but this is the thing. This is the thing. So apparently, it's, I mean, it's not, it, it, it's a sign of the rider. Uh, because I was thinking, all right, this is this is insane, like randomly being assigned a horse, but it's the sign of the rider. And so if you are a confident 
um, uh, rider in the first place, then your your horse will respond to you. And those horses are picked based on the fact that they you know they can they respond to you know, the way you are. That's a and lot like my dating. <laughs> when I tell the girls, I'd in the morning, I'd be like, "Well, I think you'll find." I don't know what you said there because it cut out just in time. But I'm glad <laughs> that Nick Nick doesn't have to doesn't have to edit it out. Uh, but yeah, so I, it's I think it's utterly insane. I think it's utterly insane. But um, you know, I was I was taking representations on this in order for me to understand it better. And the the understanding is that you, uh, if you are if you're a confident rider, you should be able. It's like I had. When I learned to drive, I learned in this clapped out old metro that my um, yeah. uh, learner instructor, uh, driving instructor. But like you're dating is again, isn't it? Right. <laughs> driving instructor. And I, I kept saying to him, can I, can I learn to drive in like my dad's like new Citroen, like whatever that was. And he's like, no, 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 no. You learn to drive in this car because, you know, the steering was slightly off. You learn to drive in this car because if you can drive in this car, you can drive any car. And that's kind of how I think of modern pentathlon. Like, if you could, you need to be able to learn to ride all different types of horses with all different types of personalities. And if you, if you, if you know how to handle them, then that makes you a, a, a distinctly better rider. Learning to ride one, and so that is what you get from modern pentathlon. I do. I, there's probably a lot more nuances than that. I tell you what isn't isn't um, uh, allowed. Punching the horse in the fucking face. That isn't allowed. Wait, what? That's what <laughs> That's what happened with the German thing. The trainer punched the horse in the face and just sent home from the Olympics. Did you not hear that? What, was this at the beginning or at the end? Was this because I've, I've seen in, in Taekwondo, that's how they kind of G up their racer to be <laughs> their do, fighter. Yes. <laughs> to be ready, they're like, shake them, give them a slap. They're good to go. So was that, was that his version of that? It was, it was no, it's the thing you know. You know, with the um, I, I imagine that we're talking about the German rider who basically got on the horse and the horse refused to to do any of the jumps. Um, Apparently, the, so... the horse's ancestors were killed in Poland. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, I, a, German I'm not sure modern, a German modern pentathlon coach has been thrown out of the Tokyo Olympics for punching a horse during competition. Kim Reisner was trying to assist German athlete Annika Schlu as she... I'm trying to assist. They were trying to assist them. show jumping round. I like that. I don't know. Is hey, it, wait, wait, wait. This will help. This will help. Of... <laughs> I know. Exactly. I know. As a... I always, I always find, you know, if Frida's struggling on her horse, a quick, a quick punch in the face always calms the horse down. Yeah. Yeah. It's like smashing your laptop on the floor going to work better after that yeah exactly so so i thought i thought that's what you were referring to and i thought you were taking the side of the horse punching uh, trainer there um as i'm famously known to do you know no one expected that i imagine i imagine it could have been frustrating but you know as as a horse trainer you would think that punching a horse is probably the worst thing that you could do in terms of your reputation. I mean, it says a lot for you know what what they find acceptable maybe in Germany when it comes to training horses. Do you think we can get Robert Redford to remake that film as the horse puncher? <laughs> I mean, it just goes around punching horses and getting them into shape in a kind of 1950s Rocky style. I guess Rocky wasn't the 50s, but you know what I mean. As a kind of bruiser-type film of like, ah, we'll get him through this. I don't know why he's become a pirate. Um, but yeah, I mean that <laughs> would be an interesting as a pirate, film. Punching horses. What? Anything to do? What before? Before competition? After competition? Just for fun? What is the? What is the reason for punching the horses? It could be. It could be one of those abusive relationship. I mean, it's very now, isn't it? Um, you know, he's a spectacular horse trainer. What's the secret? You're saying, you're he saying his... horses need to have a Me Too movement. <laughs> Me Too movement. They did. They did learn with the Asda lasagnas, I believe. Um, the Me Too uh, movement. <laughs> That's true. In, in, in our supply chain, but every now and yeah. then, every now and then, I do joke to um, Frida about uh, horses ended up in sausages, and uh, just to, just a reminder that um, you know some some civilizations aren't as civilized as ours. 
Um, but um, no, I, I, I think I, I, what I like about modern fantastic is I wonder if they could do something similar in other disciplines. Now imagine, like you did the triathlon. Okay, and then, but you didn't know what bike you were going to get on oh. until you got to transition. That would be so much better, wouldn't it? That's a that real test good. of the athlete. Someone's got a penny farthing. Someone's got <laughs> Boris bike. Someone's got a unicycle. Exactly. Someone's got someone's got a, a, a tricycle. Someone's got a um, what's the one with two people on it? I forgot what it is. Random. A tandem. Imagine that. You've got to pair up with the next the next triathlete to do a tandem. But you're still not allowed to draft. So technically <laughs> on, the t- on the tandem. I don't know how you do draft. it. You've just got you've just got you at the back. <laughs> I hate myself but, um, even understanding what that means now. <laughs> <laughs> but did you see did you see there there's a moment in the games they've been holding up as like one of the most beautiful moments and like the spirit of the Olympics. Um, do you know what that is? Just by me saying that. Um, no, I don't. What is it? It's the men's high jump. Oh, that where they basically couldn't be asked to do a runoff against each other. Now, it, I've, I've been reading quite a few different posts where people have been saying, you know, this brought a tear to my eye. This is wonderful to see. This is the spirit of the Olympics. But I think, this is the exact opposite <laughs> of the spirit of the Olympics, because this is two people refusing to compete so that they can both be winners. And let's get this clear. If the Olympics could do that from the first round, everyone would do it because everyone would be like, yeah, I'll have a gold medal without having to risk not losing it. And so it's just so weird the way, because it because these people are really tearful about it, suddenly everyone thinks oh, this is lovely. And like, what if the 100 metres, all eight of them went, should we just get a medal each and just fuck it? Yeah. That wouldn't be the Olympics. No, I do, I, I do think some people forget, like in this age of social media, some people forget what the Olympics, you know, they try to redefine what the Olympics is about. And you're like, if we get to the heart of it, the Olympics is about something very, very narrow, which is winning stuff winning stuff yeah you know to the exclusion of other people there is no inclusivity in winning there this is very much you know uh quite you know quite a brutal you know you're winning against someone else and so it is i, I it does rile I, I do get riled by the fact that when it does that it is nice seeing those things and everything but fundamentally you're absolutely right it <laughs> it is the total antithesis of what the olympics means unless unless if all of a sudden we've redefined what the olympics is and it's just a nice inclusive um sport in which case it's not the olympics anymore it's it's the very nice oh, game which that, case, we allow, that we allow drug I'm cheats applying to be again. part of <laughs> but what what um I, I was going to ask you about the uh british athletics and um the performance um and to get your view on it as well um because you know it was it it hasn't been the best year for um you know runners and it hasn't been you know there was a lot of there was a, a shitload of hype going into this um yeah. around all of the um sort of like the kind of key athletes <laughs> and uh, track Although- athletes like our middle distance has been incredible. Yeah. Really. For what we're at. So but you're right. We but that had, was we, unexpected you know, though. That was that was that was totally unexpected though, wasn't it? Well um yeah, to to an extent. But you've there is an element of, of bad luck, you know, Dean Rasha Smith being injured and I don't think she'd have got anywhere close to gold in either, to be honest, just because they were just so quick and she's not I mean there's essentially the fastest performances of all time because the others are drug fueled. But um, yeah, that's unfortunate. Allegedly, we had allegedly, s- allegedly. I mean, we all know this, right? Um, same with the eight hundred women's. I mean, drug fueled time. Um, we've had some incredible performances, and the, the, the we, and also with the heptathlon, you know, another injury. We just you can just be unlucky. Um, but is it better? <clears throat> Because I was, I was wondering this. Is it better to take um, 
and I think I know the answer to it, but it's worth talking about. Anyway. Is it better to take our best athletes who are injured than take someone who maybe not be? Because <clears throat> I, what I don't know is I don't know who the next fastest is after Dino Asher-Smith. Is the next fastest person who is British and not injured, are they so far out of the chance of even qualifying for the heats that that that, that would never be considered? That it's actually better to take Dino Asher-Smith with an injury in the hope that that injury doesn't play up and kind of you know, luck it. Is that, is, that, is that the thinking behind doing that? Well, or you never... Is it a case of her just hiding that injury? Because no one seemed to know about the injury. The injury wasn't talked about until until she didn't qualify. And then all of a sudden, the injury was the biggest thing ever. And you're like, I imagine people within athletics might have known about it, but they certainly never mentioned it on the Olympics coverage up until the point that she she missed out. Well, a lot of it's about confidence as well, isn't it? And trying to, you don't want to go in there thinking, I'm, I'm injured, I'm going to be rubbish. You don't need opposition to know that. But I mean, we had, I think we had a, another female in the final who, who was, you know, did an amazing last leg in the, the four by one to get us third. She was, I think, in fifth uh, and came through. So there is, there is strength in depth, but there's a huge difference between having someone who's competing for a final to competing for a medal, because especially in sprints. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you've, it, but, but a part of it also is you've got to follow the rules. You know, if someone's selected, then it's their choice if they reveal their injuries, if they still want to go. You can't, to then introduce another layer of bureaucracy, which is if we decide that we, if we decide after you've got your place that we think you may have an injury that means that you're not going to quite perform, we then might take your place back. We, it then becomes even messier. And so it's, it's just an so unfortunate once, so case. Once you're, once you're selected, you're kind of untouchable. It's all down to it's all down to you. If, if, if there's a if there's a very obvious because um, if you look at the selection of and, and this is country to country as well. Um, I'm trying to remember who we're talking, if we if we look at Charlotte Purgy for example, she was pretty much selected for, based on her math at the time. She then on the guidance. I think this is Charlotte Perge, by the way. I'm just this is a story from maybe 18 months ago we talked about. On the guidance of UK athletics, she then tried to um, resolve her injury, and in the process of that, and was given then time like, come on, you resolve your injury. You don't have to necessarily perform at this level for the next year, and we'll then give you a fast track window to to prove that you're fit again. And they then essentially took that away from her. So it, I don't know if all of these rules are actually that well defined. I think it's still a negotiation. And I know there's huge frustration from her side because, um, and I, I think it's Charlotte, but apologies if, if this is wrong, Charlotte. But um, the, while she had an incredibly good time, because she'd not performed it within the, 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 the right time period, she suddenly wasn't selected, even though that was all because she'd taken the advice to try and heal. So there are these conflicts, and it's it's very hard to write to have a set of rules that's truly fair, or that doesn't have some huge hole in it, because you can't account for every circumstance because injuries are so different, because coming into form in different events is so different. Um, and you know some events it's easier to perform on the day than others yeah. Uh, so yeah it, it's always going to be messy and i'd rather take an injured dean or asher smith who you never know is going to have a medal who might pull it off and it means we've actually got someone in the final than someone who's up and coming who's going to get to the semis because the reality is we don't have any races where we have two people well, sorry, well, three people would have to be going for a podium. Although middle distance, to have three men in the 1500, incredible. To have silver in the 800, to have oh, Laura yeah, Muir. Yeah. Yeah. To have silver in between um, Safan and, the, and the, you know, the Olympic champion at the age of 19 
unbelievable. Do bad. Do you want me to interview? Um, what's her name again? These. Uh, do, you, do you want me to get on the podcast? Is someone new? Someone up and coming? We don't tend to talk to Irish athletes because. And that's um, and we just like to apologise to all the people that we've interviewed over the last three hundred episodes for that comment. What I mean by serious athletes is like athletics as opposed to runners. As opposed oh, to like Wow, you reveal yourself just before we hit just athletics. Athletics. Um so we don't we don't we don't talk to track and field much, do we? We've spoken to David Brown. Uh, we never the... spoken to anything field related at all. when 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 do we ever speak to a shot putter? Well, we we nearly did. I wanted to speak to um to someone who was done for doping actually, who had taken weed and oh, yes. but yes. um but interestingly it, it this kind of ties in with it's a do better. If you want me to reach out to um the the lovely lady who has come second in the eight hundred meters, do and I'll get her on the podcast. Uh but only if you let me know you do, because I, I still haven't got the sense of from the listeners whether we want to f- hear from like really focused people right in the middle of it. Or if we want more of the stories, but um, interestingly, there's there's a, a, a discussion in um, one of the Facebook groups that Dave from my club brought up, and he's saying that for field events, there's going to be a real issue with getting athletes in the in the future because if you think about uh, a running track, has a huge amount typically is a huge amount of grass in the middle, yeah, and that is where you have your um, your javelins, you have your discus, you know, you have all the, the, the throwing sports that takes place in that area. And because of finances, traps are run by local councils. Yeah. So they're not, they don't have to adhere to UKA guidelines, to policy. They're there um, run as a kind of semi uh, societal initiative, but also have to cover their costs. And so now um, two tracks in North London have changed the middle of their running tracks to be AstroTurf so that five-a-side football, American football, touch rugby, hockey, all these sports can be played in the middle of it and they can have additional revenue. So it's one of those conflicts where throwing sports just don't make money. So we will be able to get athletes in the future when there's actually nowhere in field for them to practice or to even throw. Well, well, I think I think the answer to that is um, any all of the athletes will be coming from uh, independent schools uh, as opposed to anywhere else. That's that's going to be what happens. So, you know, wherever, the only places yeah. that have um, have facilities, that's that's how it's going to work. Or potentially regions where there isn't such a high pressure on land. I mean, I imagine there are very few places like that that exist, but there conceivably there could be Scottish Highlands. Yeah, lots, yeah, lots yeah, yeah. of javelin throwers from the Scottish Highlands and shot putters. But then you'd expect that, wouldn't you? You'd want that. You think, why are there not? Why are there? You know, Scotland should have a, a, a strong history in in those kind of events, right? Why? Are there yeah, not they always more? eat oats, and I think oats are good for throwing sports. If I remember the the packing right. <laughs> Remember the uh, yeah the, the trope that's uh, yeah. suggested on the front of a porridge uh, box, but yeah yeah. But uh, it turns out um, as well as being a uh, I, did, I don't know these two things are linked. This is very very good from uh, from a family perspective. So I don't know if I ever told you that that Frida won her first tetrathlon um, a couple of months. I believe ago. you you yes. have repeatedly. Repeatedly right. told us this, yeah. Okay, okay, no, but that's boo. But it turns out she's good in another sport as well, and that is javelin. And so she's <laughs> been, <laughs> which I think, which is an interesting one because I remember I, I, she was explaining to me like you, know, and I was talking to Libby about this about javelin and you, know, and I. She's saying your I daughter's don't... the most elitist of all. She's choosing all of the all of the sports that, as we're now discovering, normal people can't do. No, exactly. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? She's she's in in advance. She's picking ones where she can podium. She's very much you know focusing on the BBR way of uh, of doing things. Um, but she was talking to me about um, and Libby was talking to me about you know doing jab. Like it's one of those things where if you're in a normal comprehensive, like 
knowing that you're good at javelin is something that never comes up because who even <laughs> has javelins? I'm like, I said to her that we in PE once we did we did practice javelins, but we didn't have any javelin javelins. So we javelins. basically javelins. <laughs> we didn't have any we can't even say the thing. We didn't Come on, get your javelins, girls. Get lovely javelins. <laughs> we we ended up. The teacher went and got a load of broomsticks, and we ended up just throwing these broomsticks to see if we were any good at javelin. And that and that literally was the only one and only. And what would have happened if you say you'd thrown it really far? What would the next step have been? Someone would have gone, oh, shit, now we need to take some money away from the football budget to buy a javelin. That's what would have happened. You know, the football, te- <laughs> the football team has, t- you know, a first choice kit, second choice kit, third choice kit, probably a fourth choice kit, a reserve kit, a reserve second kit. You know, all the money went to the football team because that was the one that everyone wanted to be part of. That was one that the head teacher was interested in. You know, that was it. Every other sport is totally starved of any type of funding. Um, well, that's, that was just in my school. But, yeah, the fact that she, you know, she, but the, the thing is, um, we know she's good. It's not like she just was the – she can throw the furthest in the group. The um, hmm. uh, at, at her school, there's a an athlete there who's a a, a team GB uh, uh, youth athlete, um, and she is um, a um, javelin thrower. What is what? What do you do when you do that? Is it a, a javeliner? What's the what's the word for someone that does javelin? Hmm. Upper class. <laughs> So yeah, so she's a she's a um, a javeliner. It's got to be a javeliner, champion, a champion javelin throw and stuff. And she said that Frida is very good, very good. So so I now have to buy a horse and get enough land so we can actually practice. No, just get her to pick a lane. Tell her pick a lane. Pick a lane. And which is a which... runner as well. Oh my god, like which is just too expensive. Which is going to cost you less money by the time she's eighteen. Which is going to over the course money. of that journey javelin obviously well then you've got to be big on you need to start playing javelin videos you need to get steve backley to come down tessa sanderson whitbread yeah we had some good javelin throwers back in the day did, you need to start you need to start putting those on in the background yeah, yeah. I don't know. So it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you just javelin, javelin. There's a certain um, it, it's satisfying javelin throwing, isn't it? It's quite satisfying. It's satisfying, but it, it's not satisfying when the damn thing lands. That's disappointing. It just lands in a bit of thing. You want it to land in someone or in something, or you know, if yeah. you're throwing a javelin at something, that would be much, much more interesting. But so maybe that could be a part bit, of the pentathlon. Of Anyway, but have you seen about? Yeah, well, that's that's good news to hear. That I'm sure we're all shocked that there's a Rainsford with with sporting ability. Uh, oh no, no, we didn't no. know. We didn't know it was possible. Well, we know we know that I have sporting ability. My DNA proves it. It's just I try my hardest <laughs> to 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 go against it for the for the purposes of this podcast. True, true. Pure dedication. But have you seen? There's this one's uh, one that's kind of crept under the the radar, but. Last time we were talking about DSD athletes and the, 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 the fact that the issue is not going to go away, that there's still controversy. So this one's quite a sad so story. Let's just, let's just define DSD because that's a new term that, that the BBC have, have started using. And I don't think everyone knows what that means. The differences of sexual development. So uh, typically, it, well, actually, all the cases so far have been females where they have uh, higher than usual testosterone rates, uh, most likely because they have um, have not developed sexually in the right way and potentially in the womb were going to be males. Um, although I've probably said that in a way that's completely I was just thinking. to someone. <laughs> but that, that is, in essence, I believe they, the, the, they could have be, become males um, and their development wasn't as they didn't develop as much as males did and they actually then were females but with some male traits um 
which is is probably well it, and then, you know even do, but do you identify as male female i i've, I've probably balls that up but in essence that that's a a non-clean way of saying it um yeah so we had francine Nyonsaba who from burundi so she was in the 5000s she was the reigning silver medalist in the 800 um she was forced up to move to 5000 but because she uh, she wasn't taking testosterone suppressing supplements she qualified for the final but then um she was it was disqualified for a lane violation so apparently at some point she stepped inside the rail and you think this is like that that's just one of those rules that like why punish someone and there's a lot of chat that they have basically thrown her out because they were looking to get rid of her because it was convenience of not having to have a dsd athlete in the final um but interestingly about this is that the because she's from burundi um there was no help in her challenging against this disqualification and actually part of this issue which i think we're going to see and this kind of highlights it is that it seems that a lot of the people who have dsd are from african nations where they're far less likely to actually have strong and established athletics associations who can help people challenge all these um all these definitions that need to be challenged through their courts of arbitration and so actually whether dsd is almost going to be people are going to be firstly they're not going to know what the issue is secondly they're probably not going to have a great amount of support in explaining it to them um let alone coming to a, a decision about whether to take testosterone suppressing supplements but not having it's, it's like essentially being a lawyer not sorry not having a lawyer and yeah. suddenly you're having to go to court the whole time and so actually we we i think as a community we need to be supporting these athletes with representation because we actually need to fully test what's fair and fully actually help athletes who their whole careers are being destroyed and there's nothing they can do about it yeah yeah but doesn't that just go that goes to um just the heart of the unfairness of 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 a lot of these things why why would can they have a system whereby you know the the olympic committee um has like a uh, sort of a rolling uh, legal representation whereby if you have yeah if you are done if you have you know it's like you know like the taxi cab um system with um, with barristers in the uk that actually they have a body of um of of sports lawyers who are ready to help every time you know some of these things are challenged and they can you know they can at least make sure that all of the appeals are fair i mean it's not yeah it wouldn't happen that often it wouldn't be too expensive but it brings a certain element of uh of fairness to you know it's not and, and it's not given any advantage in terms of like a sporting or competitive thing this is just simply mm. a legal procedural thing to make sure that you know fairness is fairness is done i suppose they don't do that because if they are acting um in uh in that particular way in order to discourage her from competing then it highlights just how uh how how ridiculous it is but it would seem a a really really obvious easy thing to do um just to make sure that something as simple as appeals are done on in, on a fair basis yeah and especially when the first few cases are the ones that really set the precedents and that define future years future generations it's really important that we get it yeah, right to be those, those 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 decisions that they come to just need to be held up to a mirror just to make sure that they're robust and that mm. they, are, they are properly challenged and they ha and they kind of have to do that themselves um you know it, i mean that's it's but the, you know, that's, it's the olympic way elitist <laughs> and are we gonna are we gonna talk about the karate uh all? I, i'm sure every podcast has every chat show what about where you don't even what you don't have the the one medal where you didn't even have to fight an opponent you just had to go through routine oh no i didn't see that now i heard about that now i that i think is is so interesting for one that got in but also i want to know who's who's a who is who's done karate on the podcast 
could a ballet dancer have um, gone in for this? Because you'd actually think what they're looking for is someone who can repeat a set of moves um, most accurately. And actually, a lot of that is probably going to come down to core conditioning and how well you can hold positions. And, and so I was wondering whether could this have been won by a ballet dancer? Because I, they will obviously wow. be, or a dancer. Wow, you've just, I imagine you've just offended the entire karate community. And if there's one community who you don't want to offend, it's one that they can make a, a bunch of... A, a bunch ninja's of coming. Moves, this ninja's coming from the ceiling. Ninjas, coming a, a ninjas, is, is karate the discipline of ninjas? I'm always, always concerned, right? Talk about ninjas a lot, but... What is their main discipline? Is it karate or is it something else? Or are they are they mixed martial ninjutsu? arts? Ninjutsu. Ninjutsu. Oh yeah, obviously that's why they're called ninjas, isn't it? What is ninja? Oh, I don't I don't know if that is linked. So isn't it? Um, is is karate Japanese or yeah, it must be Japanese. Yeah, yeah karate is Japanese. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just. Are there any ninjas out there? What is your key discipline? Why do, why do people become? How how do you how does one become a ninja? You start with ballet, I believe, <laughs> and uh, you progress. You start you start with ballet, not hitting anything. Yeah, you build up. Um, but the thing is, it's interesting, isn't it? Like there's some there's some stuff in the Olympics whereby you think you know um, it, it, there isn't a, a, a massive difference between what you see in the Olympics, which is defined as a sport. And something like ballet, which is, you know, that's not a sport. It's a, it's an, you know, art or um, a, a discipline. But it's still, you know, the, the, the kind of the borderline between the two is very, 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 very thin now, isn't it? There's some stuff in there that you just like, oh, is this really a sport? Is this, oh, I don't know. But then mm. that's all, that's the, the eternal, the eternal thing. Like, what did you think of um, the speed climbing? Very cool. And it's uh, what I wasn't aware of, because I've I've been away for the week for uh, five days in Sierras now. So um, I'm I've just watched things on catch up rather than watching some extended ones through the day. Is is that always exactly the same course, no matter what the event? I don't know. I don't know. I imagine I, I imagine you'd have to. You you'd have to change it surely that's what but then they then said one of the athletes got a new world record which oh, you'd yeah, think would be right. hard to hard to equate but i part of me like see this is another one we need help do about is there's there's definitely some climbers out there for one is it the same is it the same course if not do people get the chance to practice on the course um I wonder how quick it would be without the ropes. How, as in you think, I, that, I mean, that, that, I don't think it would make a huge difference. You think they're being slightly pulled up? Is that your suggestion? No, 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 no. My suggestion is, you know, if you, if, if there's a chance of you falling, how quick would you be then? Oh, that's true. I quite like that. I, I think they would still go all out because they're that yeah. good. And, um, and we'd just lose some of the, if they did it over water, some of the competitors. <laughs> they did it over water. That'd be good. That could work. Yeah, I'm not sure. I because I, I don't know. It's um, I don't I don't know what I think about that. Um, it's the thing is, you look at it and it doesn't even look like they're doing anything. Like I know that's I mean, that's that's the I don't I, obviously they're doing something, but it looks like they're just you know like in. Um, cartoons where like you know Tom and Jerry and like uh, like Tom just runs up a wall type thing that's what it kind of looks like he just goes Ooh, scrabbles up a wall and that's it it doesn't it, it's almost like too fast for you to properly appreciate that there's a, a, a proper discipline happening um, imagine, yeah. imagine if during the time of gladiators that um, that this was a discipline the gladiators would never catch them they would never catch them because <laughs> you always how many times I thought it gladiators was. did someone catch catch no, I thought it was. I thought that was in Gladiators. It was in Gladiators. But they oh, never, it was, but okay. The, but, the, but people were never as quick as that. Because the, gladiator, oh, the, yeah. the Gladiators weren't very quick, were they? Like, the Gladiators were big hunks of muscle, you know. But if you went up the speed that they got up with the speed, you know, it just, would, it just wouldn't be a competition. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but that is something, and actually that's something you can do at your own climbing walls because there are like four, four A's, is it five A's, which are incredibly, you're essentially going up a, <laughs> you could do, going you up a ladder. People do, people do uh, speed climbing at their climbing walls now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because why not? It's super fun, right? And actually, <laughs> that is just a bit more interesting. It's a bit you could you could end your night against your friend and just time each other. It's that would be quite cool. More that your suggestion is more interesting for spectators to, to to be sitting and watching. So if you are planning on doing a speed, if you've never done speed climb before and you're planning on speed climbing session. Uh, let us know. We'll pop along. We'll have a little little watch of you do it, and we'll see what happens. But do as do bad as messages, uh, just Instagram or letters at. Um, is this something that is a separate course? If not, do they get to practice it? Do they get to look at it? And how many times do you get to practice it? Because that's got to be a huge part of it, right? I, I love the. I think it should be. You just turn up, you look from below, and you go. In fact, you don't get even. You don't get to see the course at all you just cut your blindfold blindfolded you come out it goes go when you're at the bottom because that is the skill right that is speed climbing yeah that is and you're taking speed yes it's ultimate yes. speed climbing yes indeed now i've got I've got so many stories. Things I've still got some kind of Olympic themed ones, but I'm almost Olympicked out. So yeah, yeah. one of them looking at one of them looking at the cost of the Olympics. I mean, we, we can do that later, actually, can't we? Almost as a recap. One of them looking at the the coverage and the the frustration in the UK, at how bad the coverage was in comparison to yeah, previous years. That's just, that's just a rights thing, isn't it? That's the you know they kept that kind of quiet, yeah. but that was a that was a rights thing. And, I I want well it, in hindsight probably it wasn't a good thing but I could understand their thinking that the, you know they were angling more for the rights of Paris rather than um, rather than this running of the Olympics so, well, that was oh I see so saying. you think do you think we'll be back to full coverage at the next Olympics well that's what the suggestion was that's what certainly what was okay. coming out of what the BBC was saying um, which you know. I, I, I don't know. In hindsight, that doesn't look that that impressive um, because you know we we I, we we performed better than expected, didn't we? That was that was the thing um, at these Olympics. Um, I know that if you know they 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 go oh you know the, what's it called the uh, Team GB had that un, you know unofficial we you know want to win between three medals and 137 medals or something like that, which we you know, we're always going to fall in between at some point. Um, but yeah, I, they, I, it looks quite. It looks pretty healthy as well in a lot of those sports. I don't. Mm. That's the question, actually. That's the question I want to ask, which is which is a good roundup thing. You know, at the start of it, we talked about you know the new approach, which you, which I think you were saying that you know this whole thing about being nice to athletes and not necessarily being nice to athletes, thinking about that all of uh, having less of a focus on on winning, all that kind of stuff. That, winning you know, at all costs, um, really. Yeah. Or not. yeah. Yeah um and well it, it, it there's, there's it, it's kind of co slightly contradictory because you know Catherine Granger was on there and saying that you know we're, we're we're taking like a softer approach to athletes but at the same time some of those Olympic um uh, selection committees were you know chopping out people who literally didn't have a chance you know and like in things like gymnastics only focusing uh, I think that's where it happened you know, where it was most brutal only focusing on those disciplines that we've got a you know, genuine chance of winning with the you know, with the twins mm. and, and everything else in hindsight that part of it seemed to seem to actually work that you know that we've had our best performance in gymnastics for for however, however many years um you know boxing has been the same you know best performance for 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 100 years and a lot of those things a lot of them it we've moved on enough that actually by the time it gets to paris a lot of those you know medalists and a lot of those people are going to be in a position where they you know the, the idea is that they will have moved on with their experience and everything that they're going to be medalists what 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 do you think what do you think about you know the whether the well the, the boxing's different approach. because Boxing's like a one-trick pony because you don't. People don't go back to defend their titles; they go professional. Unless you're from Cuba 
or from some countries where actually it's in the state's interest, you you know, as, as soon as you're a gold medalist, cha-ching, yeah, you no, want to turn true, pro. True. What did you think of the, the guy who, what did the British guy who got the silver medal and was all, it was in a huff? Um, I think fair enough. Why not? I thought fair enough as well. I thought fair enough. I know people say, you oh, to win gold. The Olympics, but he was upset. It is in the spirit of the Olympics. I think it's, it's not in the spirit of Olympics to be like a complete cock to your opponent. Well, in fact, is it not? I don't know if it's against the Olympics, really. It's, we're, we're entering a new phase where, you know, well, not even a new phase. Sport has been ruthless. Sport is ruthless. There's only one winner. That is, it's just, Unless it's pole vaulting. Clean. Is it high is it pole vaulting or high jumping? Unless it's oh, high jumping, yeah. Unless yeah, it's high yeah, jumping. Yeah, I can understand. You're because he he lost that day. And you would be frustrated. Because he was yeah, he was very people say, Oh yeah, it's really disrespectful and stuff like that. It's like, well, he he wasn't really disrespectful to you. He looked a bit of a he he, he might have looked a bit, you know, petulant and stuff, but straight away he came out and said, Alright, I was just really upset and I did look petulant and it wasn't great behaviour, but, but you know, he, I, I almost prefer him to be annoyed that he, I don't know this sounds makes yeah. sense really easy, but I almost prefer him to be annoyed that he didn't win the silver than be absolutely go, go, yeah, silver, yeah, whoa, you know, because he didn't want the silver, he wanted the gold. And that's the kind of attitude that is a, yeah. is a, if is you want to breed winners. Attitude. If you want to breed winners, you need to breed people that are losing hurts so much that they do no everything they can to win. And so actually, yeah, you're, it's, it's someone's instincts and you want his instincts to be that competitive. I mean, can you imagine Miller getting a second if she was in the final? I mean, she is, she, she would be polite and nice, but inside she'd be absolutely raging. I'd, I'd be the same. If I was second when there was just two of you, you'd be like, this is my one chance because you know that this is your in boxing even more so because yeah. this is your chance to turn pro and it's the gold medalist to get the headlines and you're like wow i'm not going to come back here in four years time i'm just going to go into a worse professional career yeah yeah no exactly exactly no it is in, it is interesting what people how people define what olympic spirit is and you know um, because the, th the other thing is, it's like what you know, people criticising him. You're just like, what? how do you know? Honestly, how do you know? How do you know how it feels to to, to lose at you know in the in in that you know? It, uh, it's a perfectly understandable human reaction. Like, why should they pretend to be absolutely delighted by it if they're not delighted by it? You know, what do you want? Do you want mm. authenticity? Everyone keeps talking about being authentic. Do you want authenticity? Or, or yeah, or do you want him to just make stuff up and pretend, you know, have a smile and, and him not to feel that way? Yeah, but it, I mean, it, we're we're speaking to Mary Kane in the next ten days, I believe, maybe even Monday. So we'll get a really good in, insight into what it is like to be making those decisions and to to be under that pressure. Because if anyone encapsulates the conflict between the society we're kind of projecting we want to be and the what it takes to be a, a an olympian in the old system it, it's her um but have you have you heard about i'm going to switch things up away from the olympics a bit have you heard about metro fest no no not at all if i said the it sounds, and, and, it, sounds and it's, it sounds sexual in some way is it is it <laughs> if it's related a to me, metro festival like metro fetch <laughs> You only have sex with Londoners. Uh, with the metro, <laughs> metro sexuality. That's, to be fair, that's a that that is a pretty good rule for life. Uh... <laughs> Not if you if you live in America, if you live in Russia. Ah, <laughs> or... <laughs> oh, I'm cursed. You live in the middle of Ohio. You're wandering around, going, "Are you from London? Are you from London?" <laughs> Still celibate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they're they're calling this the the London Fire Fest which it oh, certainly isn't, God. but you know, any opportunity to try and rebrand something as, as, uh, as a disaster they will. So Briggsy went to this festival, which is actually in one of the venues that we normally have cross country in Trent Park, right at the end of the Piccadilly line. Now this to me was a proper do badder organized event. 
<laughs> so <laughs> that's always a good thing. Here we go. So people, this it's a it's a park which if you're driving it's fine, but actually to get to is quite a bore lake. It's it's the very last stop of the worse, Piccadilly. Worse line. than Excel. Worse than Excel. Yeah, worse than Excel. So the last stop of the Piccadilly line, and you know that that goes that goes far. Kind of going Oakwood and out. the end of the Piccadilly line. I, I've never. I don't think I could. I, you know, sometimes like when you go on certain lines and you know what the end of it is, you, at least you know what the yeah. last one is because you think, oh, there's a, if I ever fall asleep on it, I just kind of want to know where I might be. Um, but yeah, Piccadilly or, line. Or even you, you don't know the name of the end because only one in four goes all the way to the end. The other stop at Acton or... Because the Piccadilly line, it goes one way down to Heathrow, doesn't it? Yeah. And then what, so, parks the other way, is it? Or is it a... Is so it a actually, no matter where you fall asleep, you'll wake up at this end of the Piccadilly line because the other one loops. Right, okay, yeah. But you, it's, it's a mission to get there because you you have to take a taxi on the other end unless you really wanted a, a good, strong, like, two-mile walk. But they they told people at, um, at 10, 10, 15 that it wasn't opening at 10.30, it was opening at 12. So that, for one, wasn't ideal, to, to turn up at a festival and then have an hour and a half wait when the weather wasn't ideal. Um, but then none of the acts that they'd, they'd booked turned up. And so Batman Scoop was... I mean, this is how good the festival was going to be. Batman Scoop? <laughs> Batman Scoop. Batman Scoop? For, like, what year are we talking about? What? I mean, I was I was quite excited by him because I just thought that is going to be, yeah. And I wonder how how fat and how scoopy he is now because he was really he was fat, pretty fat and scoop scoopy. back in. Yeah, you'd imagine what, things have gone downhill. Fat? Was it was he actually fat or was it just a clever moniker? He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Let's have a look it, at that. Excise cream vendor is that what where the scoop came from? <laughs> That would be, maybe, that would be a great story. So he was meant to be um, hosting the whole event. And he turned, so here's the compare, and he turned up at 7 p.m. And they were meant to have a lot of acts from the early noughties, I say. You had Eve, you had Blackstreet. They might have been late 90s, actually. You know, no diggity. Yeah. Oh, that is like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I would even say mid-90s, not late 90s. Yeah. Could have been mid-90s. I've got that I went to Amsterdam. I remember when I went to Amsterdam with, with college, um, that was that was like the top of the charts then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no, it never it never even got top 20 in the UK. Did it not? No, it's it really didn't do song. well the first time around. It's such a good song. But, um... Yeah, so none of the acts turned up. Blackstreet were meant to be there, and they weren't given COVID tests. All these things, they refused to actually turn up. And so they uh, they said that the guy who was DJing on stage, he just DJed for seven hours. Great. Because they, they kept on being like, no one's coming on. But they didn't announce that no one was coming on. And the DJ also didn't have seven hours worth of music. Because he'd just taken his, his music for a shift. The people were there waiting for seven hours for anything to be announced. And uh, no, they didn't. And so people just started booing. No one knew what was going on. Um, they had... So Briggsy, I think, was just having a great time anyway, because Briggsy always does. And probably didn't know half the artists, uh, and so didn't care that they weren't coming on. But can you imagine that? I just I can imagine being that DJ. It reminds me of Father Ted. Where the DJ only brings one song to the to the uh, to the bingo and just plays it on loop. The uh, oh, Ghost no. Town by it the Specials. It turns into if you don't have enough. I like the way you called it a shift there rather than a set. That was very that was very good. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, the idea that you've brought this you know, beautifully curated you know, uh, enough for like a two hour set and you're having to repeat <laughs> that three or four times and ended up sounding like local radio. Where we go, oh, oh, here we go for the fourth time today. Yeah. Oh man. And um, but it's it's sponsored by Capital. It's got yeah, they had a Capital stage. Oh really? Which you've got to think like people are gonna they've got to be refunds. And um, part of me wish wished I was there just to experience what the crowd would be like and that realization. And then because uh, and if the booing stopped, 
uh, Fat Man Scoop when he eventually came on at seven. Um, yeah, I thought that would entertain you, though. Nice little story oh, that's there. That's good. That's good. I don't know why, all of a sudden, that, that has reminded me of the thing that I... Just, I haven't put this down to talk about, but it's just suddenly reminded me of uh, this. Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime. Oh, I, I've been watching it. Well, you don't. Why is it you don't like Jeremy Clarkson, do you? Well, I mean, why would I? It's just that there's <laughs> everything that's wrong with this world. It's, he's a, it's actually... He's an, it, an ignorant male, white male who just thinks he's right about everything, no matter what. Mm, that sounds, Genuinely yeah, worse I people. I couldn't think of someone that's just like that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm often wrong about many things. But... <laughs> I've got... <laughs> no, but it's brilliant. It, 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 it is actually really, really good. And, you know, and this is talking... I'm, I'm a, you know, this is a vegan talking about, about farming. But there's, it's so insightful because he is so useless at it it is him losing huge amounts of money trying to do farming um and it's probably one of the like i've never seen something that's given a better insight into agriculture and farming and the challenges of farming and just the, the shit that they have to deal with on a on a day-by-day -day basis you know and and how how they're screwed out of stuff and all these different things and so, so much stuff goes wrong and it's, it, it's brilliant, um, you know, and, and it also shows up, you know, what sort of commodity people think of in terms of sheep and stuff like that and, 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 and livestock and things like that. But the big takeaway from it is how much do you think a sheepdog costs? Ooh. Now, dogs, dogs at night during pandemic have been going for like two or three, two or three grand, like quite, you know, much, much more expensive because there's been a, there's been a kind of a, a, a scarcity around it. I mean, before you said this, I'd have said like 800 quid. But now that you said this, I'm guessing it's got to be what, seven grand? 20,000 pounds for a trained sheepdog. How long does it take to train them? I don't know, but it's insane. It's it's amazing. Like um, you know, we've we've had people on the podcast who who uh, you know, for some reason, people that live in the Lake District, um, you know, there's a lot of ultrarunners who are shepherds as well. But you don't really understand, you know, what that means. And so they had this. They've had like shepherds in there, um, you know, doing it. And it's it. I mean, like. I don't know if you ever used to watch One Man and His Dog when <laughs> when that was prime TV. <laughs> I'm aware when, of it when we more only had, from... When, when we only had three channels. Um, yeah. But you forget how impressive that is. Um, but you also think, oh, how long has it taken the, to, to, to train the dog to be able to do that? And so it must be, it must take years to train a dog to do that, which is probably why it's reflecting the cost. But it is insanely impressive. Like how a dog can control sheep through through a series you know with the uh, with the shepherd using a series of whistles and, and other um, and do you get a sense of how, how what percentage of farmers would buy a trained dog as opposed to training them up themselves well i don't think you wouldn't buy the trained dog i think it's the the uh, you wouldn't have the dog yourself the dog would be used by the by the shepherd and then you'd hire the shepherd um, but just it, it's the general cost of all of that stuff that that is utterly insane. I mean, you just you when you when you watch that program, you re, you just think farms just like they do all this work. Like most farms are run by a single farmer doing all of the work, and you just think if that person gets ill or something for a reason, like entire food chains they start yeah, what's it called uh, uh, food supply chains like break down mm. it's just it's and the and the cost of stuff but it, but clarkson gets so much of it wrong even if you absolutely hate clarkson it's worth watching i would say because i don't i don't really like clarkson at all um and i didn't really want to watch it but when i started watching it i did want to watch it to the end because there was so much that that i thought was really interesting in it and gave an insight that i you know i would never sit down and go oh let's watch this thing about farming um, but it's Are you no longer vegan because you were you were won over by no, no, the cause no, of the farmer? I mean, it just it hi it highlights um, what you know what an awful commodity um, uh, you know people view animals as. Um, but you can you you can you can sort of empathise with farmers in the sense sense that you know they just need to do anything to 
to to like make some kind of money. Like the 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 amount of fields and stuff. I mean, he he you know, he he has these fields to look after, and the paperwork they've got to go through, and it's just utterly insane. The whole thing is just utterly insane. You just like, how does any food get on the, uh, you know, the, it shows you the supermarkets are properly screwing people and, and everything like that. It's it's really interesting. This, you know, I, I, even if you don't like it, I, I was just watching it. But do Babs, we want to know your feedback on firstly the climbing. Uh, do they get to see the wall in advance? What were the other ones we were wondering about? Um, <clears throat> javelin throwers. Paid twenty thousand pounds for a sheepdog. Twenty thousand pounds for a sheepdog. Yeah, but the the whole heap of questions that we were ignorant about, as usual. Um, and please, please don't message us about me talking about the dogs because I realised. Yeah, uh, David Dog Killer. Down. He's got this is probably this is the worst thing, isn't it? Of all the things that you've said, you saying potentially dogs not being alive because of their meat consumption could possibly possibly be the 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 one that that takes us over that gets us cancelled eventually. It's coming. We know it's coming. It's amazing we've lasted. And actually, this is, is this episode 299? Or is this 301? Oh, this is, I think this is 301. We'll have gone past 300. We've done 300? Wow. I that's a double I, 150. I, I know, that's the thing. 150 was always the one, and 300 is the, yeah, is the one that we got to. But it doesn't feel, it doesn't, 300 is the kind of thing that other podcasts will celebrate. We have to celebrate, I think, 300 and, 365 you know, when when the Simpsons got to the point where they had an episode for every day of the year, that's when they had they celebrated. So I think three six five is the point that we set. BBR in your ears every day for a year. Yeah. Oh my God. Some of those would be the the twelve days of Christmas. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're fairly new to the podcast and you want to do a, a a quick recap on what's happened over those three hundred. We've got the A to Z of, of Bad Boy Running, which was done about three years ago now, oh, where we go through. Updating. Yeah, it goes through all the silly things we've said, all the fun stories, almost uh, a best of, and that will quickly get you in there. Um, but if you've got suggestions of future guests, or in fact, if there are any people we've mentioned today that you think, yeah, please do go out and get them, we'll do that for you. Uh, we've got some. I, was, I, I think. I was also Oh, sorry. Sorry, David. I was just just keep, keep it on the point of, yeah, yeah. of kind of the best of. If you are new to the podcast and you want a kind of a summary of who we are and, you know, kind of what we're like, you might also want to check out the, the, the more recent podcast that we did uh, in conjunction with 10 Junk Miles, because there's a there's quite a recap in that where we're essentially being interviewed about why we started the podcast and everything else. And actually, it's quite it's quite a good introduction into who we are you know, different things that have happened to us, talking about some of the things that are related to it. So it, that that is quite quite a good introduction. Don't feel you have to watch listen all the way to the end because it kind of falls apart as as it goes on. But it, it, it that in conjunction with the A to Z is a very useful introduction to BBR and, and who we are and what we're about. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and if you'd love to review us, then actually I'm not going to say that because we probably get some one star dog people. Ah. ah. <laughs> And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I was just thinking out loud, making the wrong conclusions. Um, but um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, as ever, if you do want to recommend any topics, if you've got any feedback, or if there are any people you want us to interview in the future, then let us at or david at badboyrun.com or messages on Instagram. If you want to head over to the Facebook group, type in Bad Boy Running Podcast on Facebook, answer three questions and jump in. If you want to buy any merch, head to store.badboyrunning.com and we are fully stocked. Well, we stopped it. There's some, we've got the Russian, oh my the God. Russian team tops down, right. haven't we? So, I mean, how has that become a bestseller? So we've got, we've got these, we've got these uh, black and red retro um, uh, tops, uh, hoodies, which when we we were going through we were going through a merch battle um and i was you know trying to decide which you know, get get the community to vote on things that they wanted and when these red and black things came along i i suggested that they look like evil, evil soviet gymnast that's how i described them and then people were saying oh is that not written on it and i'm like well, it doesn't make any sense why would why would a running you know why would a sort of a, a running brand have evil soviet gymnast um, oh it, does, so it I, doesn't I, say that on the back no, no, it does say it on the back now because oh, they, okay, yeah, everyone okay. asked for it. And so and I've seen people out wearing them, this evil Soviet gymnast. It's just, and so that's Brilliant. one of our bestsellers now. I'm not surprised. I think it's fantastic. 
But I might buy one. I'm going to, uh, going to slap, yeah. <laughs> Never signed up to a website, but yeah, I'm going to buy one of those. I, I, say, I say that. I say that. I'm hoping that we'll be restocked. It. We, we, basically, they went into the store and they sold out within within about four hours. So hopefully they'll be restocked by the time that you uh, that you check. If you, get on the, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you go to the store and you get on the um, email list, um, that'll guarantee that you'll know before anyone else uh, when they're back in stock. Shall I, shall I reach out to the Stepping Ups and say, would you like a free Batboy running gift? See if they... <laughs> If they wear it, I mean, if we could get them as models, I mean, that would be that'd be pretty meta. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they they I don't think they tell you their address. To be honest, that is true. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, do not tell us information. We will spill the beans. So, thanks for listening, guys, and we will be back for episode three hundred two, where we, I believe, are speaking to someone who was attacked by a crocodile and properly attacked uh, this story is insane um it's someone who's done comrades it's someone who's an incredible runner who's been kidnapped in their childhood who lives in zimbabwe I yeah i mean that 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 is not even the worst thing that's happened to them <laughs> yeah yeah the, i mean this episode's just crazy so uh that's just in guys and we'll see you soon see you later bye 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 Admit I was a clone to be messing around, but that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Come back, yes, and give me one more try. Cause a love like this should I never ever die. Come back, fuck you, buddy.